0: I'm Montana. And I'm Samantha. And you're listening to
1: Reaper Tales.
0: Today, I'm going to tell Samantha about the murder of Nancy Morgan. But before we get started, Samantha, what are we drinking?
1: I'm glad you asked and uh, answered. I (laughs) I know. We've already recorded this once. Uh, (laughs) It's pick your poison because it is unsolved, apparently. Um, And then there was a drink um so if uh, if you you desired to have a specific drink we have have a suggestion
0: yeah um uh so the specific drink is um cream sherry which i've actually never had um and you'll understand why towards the end of the episode so before i get started i am going to tell you my resources um the major resource that I had was a book called "Met Her on the Mountain" by Mark Pinsky. Um, and again, I'm going to show you since we're recording this again. Here's the book. Boom. There's Nancy. So pretty. She is very pretty.
1: Um, she's like that—the th- epitome of like the. I, I I guess that my thought is that's like the '50s '60s look.
0: In yeah, she had like the boo font, mm-hmm. and uh, she. I was like, I was looking at her earlier, and I was like, oh man, like, I'm not normally, I normally like no shade to anybody with hooded eyes, but like, she has really pretty eyes for somebody who has hooded eyes, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, not to say that people with hooded eyes don't have pretty eyes. I have
1: hooded eyes. They're I just know not as hooded,
0: <laughs> and yeah. But they're very, very pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, She reminds me of... uh, Dang. What is her name? Uh, She played... um, in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh,
1: um, Sally... Crap. I had it.
0: It's Sally something. She was the mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She kind of reminds me of her. Sally Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, that was my main resource, but I did get some other information on findagrave.com, uh, citizentimes.com, my new go-to newspapers.digitalnc.org, Huffington Post, and Wikipedia. But again, like, that's just following up on, like, questions I had for a lot of it. So things that weren't in the book or things that I, like, questioned that were in the book. So I was just getting a second place of information just to make sure, like, what I was saying right. from the book was correct. Y'all, research is a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like doing work, so I don't know why I'm doing this.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> we love you, and we want you guys to hear the story. And we also want to have these stories heard.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's the main one. God. Sometimes I forget. Forgive me, listeners. Anyways, so let's jump right into it. Um this is going to be a two-parter. Um and I know like I said previously that I wouldn't <laughs> do times. another two or three-parter, uh but I've like I I've read this book so many times at this point. Like I even got the I have a physical copy of it. I have a digital copy of it and I have an Audible of it and I've listened to it I've read it I've highlighted it I've, pages like nonstop. just can't can't put it down um and it's not just because of like and I, I didn't want to cover it I did not want to cover it what am I trying to say not just because of the brutality but because of how complicated it is I'm gonna have to do a two-parter um there's a lot of corruption that goes on with this story, and especially in the uh, the justice system in Madison County. And to really understand like the story, I think it's important to understand like the community in which it happened in, and like all of your suspects, and of course Nancy herself. So that's why we're going to do a two-parter. In this first one, I'm going to talk about. Um, Mark Penske a little bit, the author of the book, just so you guys can kind of understand why I cite his book so much, because like we said in the first recording of this episode that we did, and it failed. (laughs) Um, He, the work that he's done, like he hasn't just done work on this case, like he is a renowned like uh, investigative journalist. Um He's very uh, fair in what he does and how he writes stories. And you don't always get that when you read true crime books. Um,
1: yeah. It can, it can get very biased towards one side or another.
0: Yeah. Very quickly. Um, so I can't tell this story without talking about Mark. um he is the author of Metter on the Mountain, like other books that I've read in true crime. And it, it's not the same across the board, but I'm going to say like a good majority of the ones that I've read, it's they either don't give enough information on like the crime itself or the majority of the book is just speculation and we can't just cover speculation.
1: You wouldn't want to hear that anyway. I mean, e- there are times where it's appropriate um, just especially like with theories, because sometimes there are, especially with these unsolved, there are a lot of theories out there and it's worth listening to sometimes because sometimes those speculations or theories do have merit, but the whole case or episode can't be about that because yeah, you'd get annoyed really quickly. Like I said, in the first one that we did, um, oddly enough, Paul and I tried a different, uh, YouTuber that was not Mr. Ballin and we regretted it unfortunately, but um, we tried it and I don't even know if we made it all the way through because Paul just was like I, this is I, I'm not a fan of this one because almost everything he's saying is like, well some say this and some say that and it's been said or it's been heard or there was this report and there's no like actual fact checking or, or facts involved. it's just a bunch of stories and so, I mean, it's one thing to do that for a cryptid. It's another to do it for a case, an actual case of something that's happened. So,
0: yeah. And the one thing we try to do is be pretty cognitive and like, um, not careful, but like empathetic in the way that we cover these cases, because we're not doing it. Obviously we're not doing it to make money. Um and we're not doing it to
1: like I had that conversation with (laughs) Sophia today. She was like, So does Montana pay you? I said, Sweetie, we don't get paid anything. She's like, Well, why do why do you do it then? So we just like to do it. And it gets some stories out that wouldn't have been heard otherwise. Yeah. She was just like, But it's so much work. I'm like, Oh, I know. yeah but. i'm
0: aware <laughs> and what you get in a lot of like true crime podcasts is people doing it for like clout or to make money and like i didn't want to do that i wanted to do it because there's so many cases that i've heard of that aren't covered they're not covered on these major true crime podcasts and things like that and a lot of the times it's you know when we we say it all the time um marginalized groups that aren't getting voices out there and that's really what i wanted to do with this and so since we have to do that since we want to do that we can't do speculation because we want these cases to be solved and cases aren't solved on speculation they're saved they're solved on facts and evidence.
1: although there are some cases where it seems like there was certain speculation by certain members of certain authorities that caused some issues on down the line when it was found out that, that uh, I, don't, I don't know, somebody who was found guilty actually wasn't.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that happens all the time. So. So let's not add to
1: yeah. and muddy the waters.
0: Uh, so, yeah. With all of that said, um, Mark, from what I gathered, not just from the book, but in digging into other work that he's done, is an amazing person. He spent over four decades in journalism, focusing mostly on writing about social justice as a complement to political activism. Hi, my kind of journalism. And straight reporting for traditional establishment outlets, bringing social justice issues sometimes diluted to the broader audiences. On occasion, these strands have been integrated and intertwined. At other times, they have been strained and in conflict. For him, there was and is again a time to demonstrate, march, rally, and get arrested, and a time to write. His work is incredibly impressive. Throughout the 1970s, he his reporting specialties were racial justice. He covered Joan Little, the Wilmington 10, the Charlotte 3, Toboro 3, Dawson 5, he also interviewed um, the murderers. Uh, t- stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I know a new trick now. That was an accident. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to drive you crazy with that when you have <laughs> uh, No, I just interrupt. Um, he interviewed Ted Bundy, Captain Jeffrey McDonald, uh, and I believe uh, Jeffrey McDonald is the one who killed his entire family, and I don't remember if it's allegedly or not, so we're, we're gonna, I'm pretty sure he 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 did and was convicted for it, um, if I remember correctly, but he's the one who said that like hippies broke into his house, and they're the ones who did it. Um, and that's that was a local case to me. Um, that's not gonna be one that I ever cover because um, it involves children. And uh, he also covered the Greensboro Massacre, where several Duke friends and classmates of his were among the victims. Uh, He covered, he covers uh, in-depth capital punishment, economic development, and occupational health and safety, Um, especially the Brown Lung case. I don't know if you, that might be something we we cover one day. Uh, We'll see. And Judaism in the South. And if I remember correctly from his book, he was the first person to interview Ted Bundy, which like we don't talk about Ted on this podcast, but some people might find that interesting. Uh, I
1: bet he he found him to be a real douche canoe.
0: (laughs) Well, Ted Bundy was a real douche canoe. I know,
1: but there were some people who were enamored. I don't. This journalist doesn't sound like he would have been.
0: The simple fact, look. I don't know if anybody wants to know this, but the simple fact that Ted Bundy is hyped so much that he is—it's it, fucking stupid. The dude is disgusting, and what he did was grotesque. And like people saying he's hot and like giving him a wider right. audience—he doesn't need it. No, we don't talk about the victims in his case. We just talk about how hot he is and all of the all of the things that he did. No,
1: all the antics and
0: yeah stupid stuff Uh -uh. and that's why we'll never talk about him on this podcast he's he's had enough of a voice from other people for long enough so he can go fuck himself all the way in the grave (laughs) uh so seven even agrees (laughs) yeah she did uh mark also wrote and i i put this in there in here for you samantha we didn't quite get to it he also wrote a book recently called drifting into darkness um this is about two quote two grizzly murders a brutal double parricide a, a suicide and a fourth death under suspicious circumstances and it is based out of montgomery alabama so oh. i'm okay. gonna leave that one to you <laughs> mm-hmm. if you get that book just let me borrow um, it
1: i might read it and then decide if i want to cover it because yeah. it sounds like a lot
0: Yeah, well, it's pretty in-depth, like, uh, a lot of his stuff is pretty in-depth. So, now, enough about Mark. Let's shift gears, and we're going to talk about Nancy Morgan. In this part, I'm going to tell you about Nancy and the murder itself, the lead-up to the murder. Kind of, like, lay the groundwork of who she is, her backstory, give a little bit of information about the community that she was in and why she was there. Um. yeah, and then we'll leave the rest for part two. Um strange blah, 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 blah. I just don't read my notes half the time. This is so stupid of me. In the next episode, <laughs> I'm going to cover the corruption in the county, the trial that follows, and where the case stands today. I do want to clarify, though, again especially since i just said there was a trial that this case is not solved and it isn't one of those cases where we know who the killer is or was and we just couldn't convict them so be prepared to be disappointed with me for choosing a ca- this case of all cases so buckle up buckaroos are already prepared
1: yeah
0: <laughs> So, Nancy Dean Morgan was born in Texas on January 6, 1946, to Colonel or- Earl Adams Morgan and Abigail Rowe Morgan. She was the second of three children, and she was the only girl. Earl and Abigail had met when he was a World War II flight instructor, and Abigail, a, an air corps nurse at the same San Diego, San Diego, San Antonio base. Thanks, Seven. The commentary is so <laughs> needed. I can, like, I can hear my husband out there going, hush, hush. <laughs> like, that, she can't hear you. She's deaf. <laughs> like. Oh, my God. Nancy had brown eyes, reddish brown hair, and a band of freckles running from cheek to cheek across her nose. She kind of sounds like you. Hey. Well, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All who knew her agreed she was quick, uh, had an infectious smile, a love of puns. Hey, that sounds like me. (laughs) And and we're back to you. (laughs) And an effervescent laugh. Since Nancy and her brothers were military brats, they lived a lot, they they moved around a lot to -hmm. different bases across the country and the globe. From late... From the late 1950s to the early 1960s, Nancy spent her middle and high school years in Weisbaden. Yeah, I think it's Weissbaden, West Germany. Okay. Um, Nancy's father was assigned uh, high-level national security cases. Because of this, they sometimes had CIA officers as dinner guests.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And I know, like, this isn't really... Seem important at this point, but it'll come into play like in part two. Um, Nancy discovered she had a gift for languages. She could speak German, but was self conscious about speaking it in front of her father, who was fluent in both French and German. Good for him. And he's he's a he was a great guy. Um, okay. He has since passed, obviously. In 1962, Nancy's father was transferred to D.C., where he split his time between the Pentagon and Bowling Air Force Base. Colonel Morgan had top security clearance. The family settled in Northern Virginia, and Nancy attended Mount Vernon High School in Alexandria. She was said to be a liberal on a lot of her views, especially when it came to the Civil Rights Movement Um, When JFK was shot, Nancy and her friends were said to have wept, and, like, Abigail, her mom, had to, like, comfort them about it, which, I mean, a lot of people did. They were pretty Mm -hmm. upset. Yeah. After high school, Nancy attended Radford College in the Blue Ridge Mountains of southwestern Virginia. This was a girls' school, and it was known to turn out teachers, mostly. Which, I mean, it was... that was the time yeah it was the time what else were you gonna
1: do with your life
0: i don't know uh i mean (laughs) (laughs) marry pop out some kids be a teacher (laughs) or a nurse which great careers but you know women can do everything that men can do i can do everything you can do i can do everything better i forget how it goes whatever
1: anything you can do i can do better
0: there it is (laughs) my god my brain she was a great student and excelled in her classes nancy's love love life was a bit complicated though she dated young men from virginia tech but at home in D in the dc area she dated air force men which like there's nothing wrong with that i dated around a lot in my late teens early 20s mm-hmm. but her just dating- the people that she's around yeah i mean it well, makes perfect sense well, and her dating life is going to come up later, too. It's just. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, the problem was Nancy had a hard time with the men she dated. She fell in love for the first time with a lieutenant who turned out to have a wife and children. Oh, minor problem. Yeah. um, little bump in the road there. When the relationship with this guy ended, she dropped out of Radford and worked for a time at a Virginia ski resort. When her father was assigned to a new base in Belleville, Illinois, Nancy transferred to a new branch of Southern Illinois University at Edwardsville. The university was diverse. Yes, seven, it was. The university was a diverse one, and Nancy began attending classes in the summer of 1966 and graduated in 1969 with a major in social work. Nice. Yep. Seems fitting. Yeah. (laughs) I can just hear shh. One friend said that Nancy, quote, wanted to make the world a better place, but quietly, unquote. When Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, Nancy's thoughts and beliefs on racial discrimination deepened. Her brother George said, quote, she was a big fan of Martin Luther King Jr. Unquote. The wife of a professor stated, quote, she always had a social conscience and wanted to help people. Uh, Unquote. I know I'm harking on about her social conscience and her like diverse thought process, but to understand what's about to happen, I believe it's important to understand who Nancy was like as a person. Fair. And we'll kind of, we'll get into it a little bit in this episode, but we'll, we'll really get into like her like integration into the community she inevitably ends up in. And because of like Her thought process and the way she acted around people and treated other people, it was easier for her to acclimate to a new environment, one in which didn't really um, accept outsiders a lot. Shortly after moving to Illinois, Nancy met the quintessential boy next door. He was an Air Force officer at the Citadel in Charleston, South Carolina. Shortly after meeting, they were engaged, but no wedding was ever planned. George, her brother, said that during this same time, Nancy began a romance with an SIUE professor who was several years older than she was. This man had a reputation for this type of behavior, too. He always dated younger students. How adorable. Mm -hmm. The professor was single and at least he was single.
1: Uh, Yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. At least he was single, I guess.
0: And it was said that he wanted to marry Nancy, but this relationship ended as well, which left Nancy. Like not in a good state. And there's something that also happens around this time, which I'll cover in the second part. Uh, we're not going to talk about it. Anymore. So, was it
1: ended by her or ended by him? I'm assuming her.
0: I think it might have been mutual. I don't, it never said exactly who ended it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Nancy seemed adrift after this. Unsure of what to do next, she decided she wanted to attend nursing school, but wanted to hold off for a year. Or a year and a half, whatever. In September 1969, she decided to make a one-year commitment to Vista. And in October that year, she arrived for the Vista training in Atlanta. After training, she would be assigned to Madison County, North Carolina. And I don't, I don't have the time to go into details on what Vista is. Um, it's it's a lot. Uh, But just, like, briefly, I'll explain what it is. Um, AmeriCorps VISTA is a national service program designed to alleviate poverty. President John F. Kennedy originated the idea for VISTA, which was founded as Volunteers in Service of America in 1965 and incorporated into the AmeriCorps network for programs in 1993. Vista is an acronym obviously for Volunteers in Service of America. Pretty much it's like the Peace Corps for mm-hmm. domestic regions but with an aim towards fighting poverty by giving guidance to rural and poverty-stricken areas. They they weren't just there to come in and like take over a county or whatever, like tell people they weren't there to tell people what to do. They would meet with local people and help them come up with ideas to help help the area with things like educational topics resources entertainment and community then they would assist them in implementing these ideas so they didn't come in and be like oh you need to do this to improve they would be like what do you think is going to benefit you the best okay well let's let's make a plan and i'll help you get it together okay which is the best way to do something like that absolutely Now it's on your side. (laughs) (sighs) The problem you encounter when programs like this are enacted is that a lot of local people don't find it necessary. They've lived their lives up until the Vista workers or AmeriCorps or whatever shows up, and they mostly just tolerate their presence. I'll get into more on the town and the atmosphere during this time in part two, but I just wanted to point out this before we go any further. That, okay. uh, like, you know, these rural towns, they didn't think that they needed this help. Yeah. You know
1: They haven't ever had it before. They haven't. Their lives have been fine. Why change mm-hmm.
0: it? Yeah. And some people, like, some people looked at it as, like, these VISTA workers are coming in and they're, like, thinking that they're better than us or, you know... And I don't think, in a lot of ways, Vista was like that. A lot of the times, it was more of a hands-off process. It was, how do you think we can help you? And let's let's get it done. Like we'll help you get it done, which is hey, let's do it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so Nancy moves to Madison County as a Vista worker, um, but we're gonna fast forward. Almost one when year she after. Did,
1: she did that when she was taking a break, right?
0: Yeah, before she started nursing school. Okay. So we're going to fast forward one year after being assigned to Madison County. Nancy was about to head off to nursing school after a vacation. Over the weekend of June 12, 1970, Nancy flitted around the local towns. She got her hair cut on Friday and then picked up a pair of bib overalls she had been excited about which it was really cute (laughs) the story the story yeah i got my first pair like last year i was super (laughs) excited about it uh the story in the book was just i mean it was precious um and it it, there's more obviously there's more detail in the books that come directly from the locals in this county and a lot most of them had just like wonderful things to say about nancy like they liked her a lot they were like she never acted like she was better than anybody. Blah 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 blah. So, I implore you go read the book. Um, later that day, back in Shelton Laurel, Nancy made a stop at Cutshaw's Grocery, and this is like a this grocery is like it's got plank flooring and like it's like the older Oldie, old old time. yeah yeah. Um, And the the grocery was owned by Glendora and Clarence Cutshaw. She spent a good deal of time in the grocery with the Cutshaws. They also happened to be her landlords. The store was kind of an informal town center too. So that's kind of where people congregated within the town. Uh, And this helped Nancy make invaluable organizing contacts over the past year. So she was, she was there quite often, just hanging out, you know, getting to know people, blah, 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 blah. The Cutshaws immediately took Nancy and her Vista roommate, Diana Buzzard, under their wings when they arrived, standing in like surrogate parents to, to the two. They would take two women, they would take the two women 45 minutes away on a regular basis into Asheville so that they could bowl, um, so that they could go bowling and even one time to attend a Loretta Lynn concert oh wow
1: that's, yeah. that's a time yeah it seems so wholesome it is uh, I remember when bowling was a thing it's hard to find bowling alleys now like, I, just I think there's like two well maybe for you it's easier but here in the Birmingham area not so much I think there's maybe two bowling alleys
0: Oh, we're gonna have to go bowling when you're here. I do like bowling. I'm decent at it. I I like it almost as
1: much as I like the uh, the whole Top Golf thing. I, it's fine while you're doing it. The next okay. day, however,
0: oh yeah, for I definitely pay for it. <laughs> pay for Can't it. Move but then your we, arm. <laughs> when we went last weekend, we we went bowling and then the next day we did the um, grid. Oh no, Mm-mm. yeah, it was, it was dead. <sighs> So we're too old for that. I know. My back, my shoulders, my arms, my (laughs) legs—whatever, all of it, everything hurt. Oh God! While inside the store Friday evening, she ran into her friend and local woman Ruth Hensley. Ruth was a German native who had married a local serviceman, so the two hit it off quickly. Because I mean she speaks german yeah and nancy like grew you know grew up in germany so ruth technically wasn't local she was married into mm-hmm. like being local um ruth told nancy that day that they had received orders to report with her two sons in south carolina so they could join her husband in germany um her husband obviously was a serviceman Ended up getting stationed over there. She was going to take the bus to Charleston Sunday morning. But Nancy immediately told Ruth she would take them to the bus station Sunday and invited them over for dinner and to stay the night with Nancy Saturday. On Saturday, Nancy returned to Marshall around noon and picked up a county van. She collected some local kids and headed to the town of Mars Hill. Um, So Madison, when I say Madison County, um, where, where uh, Nancy's house actually is, is uh, Laurel, and then you have uh, Mars Hill, um, you have several other like townships within this county. And I'm going to reference them, but just know that they're all in Madison County.
1: Okay. Interesting. You have a Madison County. I have a Madison County here too.
0: Well, the, the place that she moved to in Illinois, it was either Illinois. Yeah. I think it was Illinois. Um, the place she moved to in Illinois when her dad got stationed there was also Madison County. So she oh. was, went for she Madison County. She had a thing for Madison County. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, little tidbit there. Uh, so Yeah, so on Saturday, Nancy returned to Marshall, which again, also in Madison County, around noon, picked up the van, she collected local kids and headed to the town of Mars Hill. I believe it was so the kids from Marshall could swim at the Mars Hill YMCA because she ran into another Vista worker um, at the pool at the YMCA, Ed Walker. Uh, And he was stationed in uh, Spring Creek, the Spring Creek community in Madison. Okay. So he had actually carried over a group of kids from Spring Creek to also go to the pool in Mars Hill.
1: Boy, this pool must have been packed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, I, I remember, like, being a kid in our small town, the community pool, like, always packed when we were kids. Like, everybody went there. I don't know. Did you
1: have a community pool? Oh, not really. Um, I mean, I've never lived in like a a community like that. Um, So not really. Um, Us growing up, it was just people's. There was always somebody who had a pool. So most of the neighborhood kids would like. Be at that pool. But as far as like a big community type thing, no, I never experienced that until I was an adult
0: oh okay yeah well i mean i grew up in a rural place so it's the same kind of thing community pool was where everybody went because nobody could afford a pool pretty much
1: there might have been one we just never went we never had the (laughs) ability to go but um we do it now now that we moved which is kind of nice for the kids so we actually have some options which is kind of nice
0: nice
1: and it is very busy any any of the community areas the parks or any of that is quite busy
0: oh yeah for sure um so the two spoke and ed ended up inviting nancy over to his house the following evening he told her he was going to pick up a watermelon and have some of the local kids over to eat it according to ed i quote, could think of his
1: dirty dancing when she's she's like uh because that's what the guy is like I, will you help me carry this or whatever and so she carries a watermelon into this party or whatever and he introduces her she's like i carried a watermelon and it was when she meets the guy that she's going to be falling in love with or whatever in the movie and so when I've he never said seen that movie <laughs> when he said he was having a he was going to have a watermelon that's all i can
0: oh yeah i've I never seen dirty dancing
1: i <laughs> I'm gonna pretend you just didn't say that but that's fine
0: no come on um i'm not cultured we all know that so he told her he was gonna have a water round some local kids over to eat it according to ed uh quote it was very casual if she showed fine if she hadn't showed if she hadn't showed up it wouldn't have been a big deal unquote it wasn't like it wasn't a date by any means they were just hanging out as friends. Later Saturday night, Nancy cooked dinner for Ruth and her boys. At the time, there was plenty of room for all of them due to Nancy's roommate leaving three months previously. So, Nancy had like this, uh, the the house that the cabin that she rented from the carts was it, was it cart sales? Cart shawls? Um, was like a hundred year old cabin and it had like two bedrooms, um and she had a roommate that ended up leaving, and we'll talk about that a little bit in part two. But so it's just her
1: and yeah, it was, it was just her,
0: yeah. Um, and, but it gave enough room so that Ruth and her kids could spend the night and hang out and whatever. Uh, da, 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 da. the women ended up staying up late and woke early. Ruth said that Nancy seemed restless that night ruth did give photos of her family to nancy after nancy asked for them and then nancy drove ruth and her boys to the bus stop she even waited until she saw them like off like get on the bus and like leave so she didn't just like stop open the passenger door and push them out (laughs) out like i do Uh (laughs) (laughs) valid After Nancy, after that, Nancy picked up a package in town. She went home, showered, called her parents, then headed over to the cutshaws store to do her ironing. And this is something she did often. Like she would go over to the cutshaws and like iron her clothes so that she as she was ironing, she could talk to the local people who were hanging out or um, Glendora or whoever happened to be in this grocery at the time. She told Glendora that she was headed over to Ed Walker's house that night for dinner, and Glendora told her it wasn't a good idea. "Quote: She kept ironing, and we told her she ought not uh, to be out at night by herself." Glendora recalled that one might ha- someone that one someone might harm her in some way." Unquote
1: okay because that was gonna be my next question was it him or was it just like the time of the day or whatever so it was really just the timing of it
0: yeah um and it was also so ed's ed's house was only 10 miles away but it was through like winding mountain roads that were hard to navigate during the day let alone like at night um and there, you know, there were local people that didn't necessarily take kindly to the Vista workers or didn't treat women very well. Fair enough. After she left the store, she headed to the community of Sodom to see Myrtle Ray, another Madison County Vista worker. She needed to drop off notes from a, me- a meeting she would transcribed and pick up a skillet two umbrellas and a book she had left at myrtles which
1: what a group of
0: items (laughs) yeah when i read that i was like this is the most random shit i've ever seen but i can kind of understand if she's been there a year maybe she brought a skillet over maybe she had an umbrella in her car and she took it in forgot to take it home then she did the same thing because i've done that before Um, and it's just like accumulated shit over the year and you have to remember like she's leaving Mm -hmm. soon so or she maybe she like, picked all of up stuff, stuff
1: and forgot other things and yeah
0: oh okay yeah. fair enough. Um, later that day, Nancy arrived at Ed's around five thirty. He also lived in a hundred-year-old cabin. This cabin had four rooms, though, and a sleeping loft, and it didn't have a phone. Um, Ed had a roommate. This was when? What was the it year? Nineteen seventy.
1: Oh, okay,
0: I guess still seems like that would be a little odd it but it's a very rural area in the mountains
1: i guess maybe they didn't feel like they needed it
0: yeah well not just that they may not have like the ability to drop those lines out there oh true so ed had a roommate but he wasn't there that weekend so it was just like ed there by himself this also wasn't the first time Nancy had been to Ed's house either. Like, at one point, she uh, went to Ed's house because they, the Vista workers and some of the local kids threw him a birthday party. Um, and, like, they had had parties over there with the other Vista workers. Like, everybody hung out with everybody. In, but is he the- a part of the Vista thing? He's just somebody else, no, right? No, he is. No, oh, okay. he's a Vista... Yeah, he's a Vista worker uh, from, what did I say it was?
1: Spring something?
0: Yeah, it was the Spring Creek community. Yeah. Okay. And like some of the work he did. So just talk about kind of a little bit of what they did. Um, sh- uh, dang it. For instance, one of the projects that Nancy was working on during this time was she was working on a fundraiser with some of the local kids because they were clearing out, it was like a storefront or something like that, so that the kids could have their own like hot dog stand so that they can make money. And so she was coming up with a fundraiser to help them do that so that they'd have a place to work, kind of hang out. And make a little bit of money and then like ed was working on um fixing up an old movie theater at the time with some of the local kids so that they had entertainment options mm-hmm. for the area okay so you know again it's not it's not them going in you know having food banks or anything like that they're like helping develop a community or helping the people develop their community. They're not doing it for them.
1: hmm
0: Okay. So once Nancy got there, Ed showed her around the property, um, pointing out the Dempsey Woody Garden next to his house. And I think he did this. I, I know I just said, like, Nancy had been over there before, but I think um, it was during, like, winter when it gets dark pretty early. And so since she was there at 530 during the summer it was still light outside so she could see like the neighbor's giant garden and see all the mountains and stuff like that in full effect okay while they were looking at the garden they picked some lettuce and onions from the garden and Nancy made them omelets and wilted lettuce and bacon grease so she yeah, cooked um <laughs> she cooks lettuce and bacon grease
1: okay. all right cheers
0: <laughs> cheers that sounds nasty yum I just can't get after dinner i know after dinner uh two neighbor boys stopped by and the foursome watched a movie and the news right after the mo- movie went off so they all hung out like for a few hours and then the the boys left after the news like went off Um, Nancy and Ed, along with Ed's dog, went out to the porch where they spent hours talking, smoking cigarettes, and Nancy drank cream sherry. Ah, there it is. There it is. Ed didn't drink because he wasn't sure if other kids from the town would stop by that night. So he didn't partake. Around 3.30 in the morning, Ed turned Nancy's car around for her. The road to his house was steep and narrow, so it was like, he was just being chivalrous, like, let me
1: let me turn your car around. You know, since you've had those drinks, let me help yeah. you out and make this
0: drive a little easier. Uh, and he watched Nancy's car uh, make it past a small creek that flowed over the road. Um, quote, it was possible to get stuck or get off to, at the side. I remember standing there and watching the headlights go until she got out to the hard road. Unquote. You so like, probably he... did
1: that pretty regular for anybody yeah, that was visiting.
0: Probably. And like, from a book and like with a little bit more detail about this, like Ed's kind of like, he's a stand-up guy. Um, He wouldn't even like, he wouldn't even have Nancy over without first contacting his landlord to make sure it was okay like he
1: can i have a young lady yeah
0: (laughs) he was kind of a stiff let's let's be uh, let's let's be real here um i know this isn't a
1: co-ed place but is it all right if they visit
0: (laughs) yeah so he's, you know, he's a sweet guy. Like, he, he's a very big, like, rule follower.
1: He would know if they were dating because he would have formally requested permission to court her.
0: Yes, exactly. And, like, Nancy, Nancy was very different from him. Very different. Like, she was kind of flirtatious from what I, I could gather. She was very out outgoing. A little bit shy, but pretty outgoing. Like, she, she dressed a lot like modern women do, like cut off shorts, things like that. I mean, obviously appropriate while she's doing her Vista work, but, you know, she was like a modern woman for that time. So I don't think that they would have been bumping the uglies.
1: Um, no, it definitely doesn't sound like that yeah. at all. They had two kids come over and hang out with them for a couple hours. So I'm going to say no on that.
0: Yeah. So after he saw her lights disappear, he went inside and he went to bed. Fair enough. On Monday afternoon, Richard Hames, who was in charge of the Madison County Vistas, began to worry when he couldn't reach Nancy. Two new tires had come in for her Plymouth, and he wanted to let her know. And the car was, like, registered in uh, Richard's name. Because, I mean, he's over the Vista workers for Madison County. So he's like, yo, like, your tires are here. You need to come and get them. Um, On Tuesday, so this is, we went through Monday. Now we're on Tuesday. On Tuesday, Richard called Clarence Cutshaw at the grocery store to see if they had seen Nancy. But Clarence hadn't seen her. Worried, Richard called the sheriff's department to report her missing. Sheriff Roy Roberts claims he was never notified that there was a missing woman. Okay. But? (sighs) No but. End of. He just claims he never was notified that there was a missing woman. Okay. On Tuesday afternoon, the locals and the Vista workers, including Richard and Ed, worrying about Nancy, decided to start looking for themselves. They drove the winding roads looking for her car, stopping to look over the drop-offs and the curves of the road. They were afraid like she had gone over a guardrail or like like her car had gone down a cliff or something like that. Okay. So they all like gathered up, they went to Richard Hames's house, they got a plan together, and then they went out and started like searching all of these roads between um, um, Spring, whatever, uh, dang, Ed's house and her oh, house, yeah. just to kind of okay. see. And that's, if you're traveling that, even though it's like 10 miles, it takes an hour to get there. And like an hour to get there or get the other way because of the winding roads you're not going to cover mm-hmm. a lot of that tuesday evening when nancy didn't show up to the meet to a meeting to plan to continue planning for a fundraiser for a project with local kids this is the project i told you about the community really began to freak out she wouldn't have missed something like this yeah didn't sound it um, searchers continued to search until like the early morning hours of Wednesday. So around 4 a.m. they actually ended up calling off the search for the night and I didn't put it in here, but Richard Hames ended up calling. Did I put it in here? Hang on. I'm going to put it in here. No, I didn't. Richard Hames ended up calling like the supervisors of the Vista workers. Um, His name was hammer last name, hammer. Um, and I think he was in Raleigh. I don't I, Whatever. And um, he, wasn't, he wasn't too worried about Nancy being missing. He assumed that since Nancy was about to go on a 10-day vacation, that she had just dri- driven her, like, government-issued car to the airport and left it there. But it, like, gave him an excuse to go ahead and go to uh, Madison County to check on things. And he was like, you know... Since I'm doing this anyways, I can check the airport parking lot and okay. just confirm like her car's there. So he ends up getting on a plane, gets there um, Wednesday morning. He doesn't find her car in the airport, and he makes his way into Madison County. I didn't include it because I didn't really. It was just kind of like a he's thinking her car's there, but it's it's not there. Whatever. Um, around but nine. That, I mean, he he
1: he took that extra step. Because he thought that that was a possibility, so they're yes. they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to figure out what's going on.
0: Yeah, they're putting in a little bit of effort, but some people were in a different mind about it. Oh. some people oh, were it in just a made dip- little bitty, little positive. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Um, some people just immediately were like, "Oh, she's going on vacation. Like she just went ahead and left." But my thing is like she's not. Nancy's not a person to just do that. She would have gone and told people goodbye, like, Mm -hmm. you know, all of this other stuff. So it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, Now, around 9 a.m. Wednesday morning, Jimmy Lewis was driving from his home in Sodom with bottles he was going to redeem in Hot Springs. Halfway there, he had to pee and he pulled out. Yeah. <laughs> Your face. <Fair> enough. <laughs> uh and he pulled onto an old unpaved logging road on his right in an area known as Tenured Gap. Once he saw he had Once he saw he had oh, sorry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I make editing so fun for myself. <laughs> Once he saw he had privacy, he got out uh, looking for like a level spot to do his business without falling. There, Okay. After taking a leak, he noticed a silver car parked farther into like this uh, road. Um, its wheels were sunk to the hubcaps in the damp earth and had stopped after knocking over several saplings. This area was kind of known as a lover's lane. Okay.
1: So it's not sure he wanted to walk closer to the car.
0: Well, (laughs) eh, I don't know. Um, Maybe, or maybe he wanted to make it over there. He's like, oh, maybe they fell asleep, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Hey,
1: y'all's tires are, are, you're
0: in trouble. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. (laughs) Well, he did make his way over there. um, And he peered into the car. Right, nosy. Yeah, right. Um, when he looked in, he saw Nancy on the back seat of the car, obviously dead. She was completely naked, hog-tied from behind, in a kneeling position. Jimmy immediately went to try and find the sh- uh, the sheriff, Roy Roberts. He couldn't find him at home, but the sheriff's brother, Bert Roberts, was there. After Jimmy told Bert what he'd found, Bert called the jail where Roy's office was, but Roy wasn't there either. Hey, Roy, what you doing? Right? Well, <laughs> he was finally tracked down uh, at the court in Marshall. Roy left the court and headed straight for the site where Nancy's body was. Roy was familiar with this area because, until recently, it had been his property. So the area where her car and her body was found was previously his property. He had sold the 200-acre tract where he used to have a farm to the United States Forest Service for $35,000. Okay. It was now a part of the Pisgah National Forest and included a section of the Appalachian Trail. This meant... Nancy Morgan, a federal employee, had been found on federal land. Oh. And that's where we're going to stop for this part. Of course you are. (laughs) In the next part, I'm going to cover the mishandling of the investigation. That includes all of the involved agencies who really botched this one. Because there's multiple agencies that end up showing up. The corrupted history of Madison County justice system and the eventual arrest and trial of a suspect. And then we will also talk about a very good suspect in the case that was never looked at. Okay. So So that's it for this part. Um, Thoughts?
1: Well... I don't know what to think because now I don't have any information that's helpful to think about anything, but um, that sucks all around. Just (sighs) really sucks. Also, um, if you need to take a leak, um, do it closer to the road because it's always the joggers and the people that just go off the road a little bit too far to take a leak and then see a car. And if you see a car, and It looks suspicious.
0: Maybe don't don't look. Oh yeah, the same thing happened at uh, the Adnan Syed, Haman Lee, the murder of Haman Lee. Okay, mm-hmm. so wasn't it somebody went off, took a leak, found her body? Mm-hmm. I think so. So yeah,
1: just don't don't do that. Just if you, if you absolutely cannot hold it, go at, as close to the road as you can. Yeah, in general, and and don't look, don't look anywhere else. Yeah, don't avert your eyes. <laughs>
0: uh, we have. Uh, well, okay. So, good
1: job. It was um very well written in a way that um made me really love love her just as a person.
0: Like well, yeah, sounds, that's like,
1: kind of she sounded like she, she was a really cool person, just in general. Yeah. Her and I, her and I would have would have gotten along. Well,
0: well, that's why I wanted to like in the first part really kind of humanize her i think a lot of the times and we don't get a lot of information on a lot of these victims so i got a lot of information on her and i was like let's fucking talk about her and we'll talk about like again what happened and it kind of helps you understand like the community in which she was living in and her kind of relationship with them and how well Mm -hmm. she was blending into it and all of that so you know again um the next part is going to be a bit more in depth and
1: you're going to get mad I already have some question marks about the sheriff so I'm ready for the next
0: really next, uh, I hope you're ready uh it's not even this year unfortunately I'm not able to do it
1: to do the next episode back to back like I would like um so whatever I'll I'll hear the rest in a day or two
0: yep um but i will just go ahead and warn you like you're gonna have questions about this sheriff but um he's not gonna be the biggest player in it and he's not gonna be the biggest sheriff player in it and we will Fun. get to that part two and the other one's gonna piss you off this one's gonna piss you off but whatever it is what it is <laughs> so thank for uh, that I'm
1: ending my ending my okay. night on a, on a high note i appreciate it
0: always always i always have to pick the most complicated thing ever i'm so happy for and myself. make it more and make it more complicated that's true do you know what it's like trying to make heads or tails of things when you have adhd like this i'm like oh, oh man let me tell you what do you know what it's like right. being the friend that
1: doesn't really have i mean i don't I might have a smidgen of it, but it's not to that level. And having to make sense of the stuff that you that comes out of your mouth that doesn't make any sense because if your head doesn't, oh no, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, you can find us on social media, <laughs> Facebook and Instagram <laughs> at Reaper Tales Podcast. What about email?
0: You can email us at reapergals at reapertales dot com. Email us your so show. I don't know why you keep letting me do this part. I think you just enjoy like hearing me mess it up. I think you just enjoy it. Uh, Email me your show suggestions. Um, Email me your, I don't know, music suggestions. Um,
1: Podcast or YouTube channel suggestions, please. I'd like
0: some variety. you, You guys have to have to watch the chapter.
1: Uh, yeah okay i forgot about that anyway yeah
0: anyway uh, just email us
1: Yeah. Email uh, us. whatever montana will, Mon- montana will email you back if it's on if you want to talk to me do it on uh send me a, a message on instagram or facebook yeah um and also please if if you're so, oh so kind Please like, rate, review, subscribe—all those things that you lovely listeners already know h- what to do. If you could leave a worded review, that'd be great. Um, ideally positive. Um, if it's going to be negative, then you know, just move on and, and go to another podcast that's more your more your your jam. That's fine. Yeah, we're not exactly. we're we're not for everybody, and we know that, and that's okay. No, we're not.
0: Uh, yeah. Anyways, until next time, love you, mean it. Bye. <laughs>
1: Seriously, she's speaking to the aliens <laughs> in her head that talk to her regularly.
0: Oh man, this is beautiful!
1: Like, I can just see it on my thing. Like, poof, 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 poof. yeah, it's the song
0: of her people, man. Shut up. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh no!
1: <laughs> this is just... I don't, what is tonight? What is the deal? Like, I don't understand. I
0: have no idea. What is happening?
1: Oh, Sophia went and got the dogs. She's putting them in his bedroom. <laughs> oh, thanks. thank you, thank you, Sophia. <laughs> The
0: reaper will come for us all